This is Our Point with Zach and Carmen. Good morning. Good morning. I heard you're having a traumatic experience over there. Oh my gosh. Y'all. Y'all. So this is getting dangerous. We have another y'all. I have you been violated? Kind of. I got oh. into my car yesterday and it just was weird. Like there was stuff on the seat that didn't look like it was mine and cigarette ashes, which I don't smoke. <laughs> And like a CD case, oh and my. I just was stumped because you know you like expect your car to be the same as you left it, and then it wasn't. Yes, because I think that's how it usually works. That's usually how it works. Yeah. yeah. And then I also had left a bag of McDonald's in there, and so then the car kind of smelled. So same. everything was off, <laughs> and the McDonald's bag was mine. So I'll give <laughs> yes, you that. Yes, that, that is where and I'm also uh, cry foul. Somebody bring you. The 30 minutes of me trying to figure out what happened, somebody rifled through a miscreant, a criminal. A criminal? Rifled through my car. And that what they stole, what I figured out, is I had like an emergency red bandana because one time I forgot my mask, a package of disposable masks, probably like, what, $6 of worth of parking tokens. Yeah. My bottle of hand sanitizer, which I'm pretty miffed about because it was the good old-fashioned germex pump which you cannot find right now um so this is like a health conscious criminal they just stole well, max's hand sanitizer and like that's all i make have. sure they don't park illegally right that's all i have in there the um whether or not they took a cd i don't know like <laughs> that 10 year old Dave Matthews CD, I guess I'll never know if it was in there or not. They did not take my GOTV mix oh. um, mix CD that Angie Buell made me, so I feel good about that. that anyway, then... That's so crazy. It's just such then, a violation. It is such a violation. In the back of my car, in the back of, like, the back of the past, the back of the driver's seat, there was a full bottle of Kirkland tequila that they either didn't notice or didn't like couldn't reach because they were clearly on the other side of the vehicle. I do want to pause for a second and find why in the back of your seat carrier do you just haul around a bottle of tequila? You're just ready for a party at all times? At tequila. all times. No, I because I went to Yankton on Monday for work. Okay. And then I popped by Costco for tequila and eggs, which are the only two things that I needed. And I brought the eggs in. Since when are you having breakfast with tequila? That is so not you. Those were just two things I needed on the list. Not that okay. I was going to have them at the same okay. time. So we're down. <laughs> that makes more sense. Is this for your margaritas? Yes. Okay. I just happened to be on that side of town since I was coming from the south. Anyway, I, and I think that's probably why I left the car unlocked because I meant to go back for the tequila mm. and I did not. And then I figure out last night that my favorite winter cap, which is my Brow Brothers Brewing winter stocking cap, was also in the car because it, it, I was prepared for winter driving on Monday and they fucking stole that too. Assault. So then I'm driving to go give blood to some good person. And that's going to turn my day around, right? I had this icky yes. car experience, but never fear. Let's go give blood. Oh no. 
oh no, my iron level was too low. And they tested both, both fingers because apparently it could be different. Well, it was different. The second finger was lower, so I didn't get any closer to giving blood. <laughs> what did so they tell you to... you have to go do? What? What do you have to go do to get your iron back up? Red meat, spinach, take a multivitamin. Oh. I was a real bummer. So then I went to Target because I was going to buy myself a book, which I don't normally do. But this is pandemic where your day going to get better. Yes. Now, now it's time okay. for some retail therapy. We're going yes. to buy some things at Target. Do you think Target had my book? No. No, Target did not have my book. Well, did you want like a crazy book about like feminist or something? No, it's a fiction book about a lady senator who could become president. And the library doesn't have it either. And she's not like an obscure author. Well, Target doesn't have Chest and Budapest's book either. So figure that out. Get your shit together, Target. I know. They don't like literacy. So instead, I bought myself an immersion blender. (laughs) Because why not? Those are like next to the books are the immersion blenders. So that makes sense. No, I went up and down every aisle. (laughs) Because our friend Kate texted me in the middle of smelling candles, and she's like, what's that tall thing on the SDSU campus? And I was like, the Campanile? And she was like, is that what it's really called, or like, is that just what like you guys call it? <laughs> I was like, that's what it's called. And I was like, what well, we also used to call it the penis on the prairie, but I'm depending on what you need this information for, I think the Campanile. And so then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, actually, it's called the Coughlin Campanile, yes. which I did not know. Yep, it was named the same as the stadium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, did did Kate say why she needed to know about our beloved? It, I, I did. I asked her, and I was like, "What brought this up?" And she was like, "Oh, yeah, I just thought of it." And I was like, "Carmen will know." Mm-hmm. She and, was probably she, using it for a hookup. That's my guess. Kate was doing wow. some Tinder talking. That is the most interesting version of the story I can think of. <laughs> So that's it. That's my story. I bought some pizza at Aldi and a bottle of wine and got seven hours of sleep. Well, I mean, the end of your day took a turn for the better with Target, Aldi, wine, and pizza. It truly was not a bad day. Um, I just, like you said, it's just really gross to have. It's this, icky. My like, car was broken into, I don't know, maybe a month ago in the alley. And I am notorious for not locking my car because... I grew up in places where you don't lock your cars. And again, what the fuck are you going to find in there? There's literally all that's in there is French fries that have fallen on the ground. So, <laughs> but they like rummaged through stuff and they, they took literally a dollar bill. Cause that's what I had. Like I had like an emergency dollar bill in my council <laughs> and that's what they took. And they like threw shit places, but it's just this weird icky feeling. It's just like, guys, why? Now I have to yeah. tell Michael that I didn't lock my car and he's going to give me a lecture about how I have to lock everything all the time. So, I mean, that's the worst part about the whole thing is I'm going to get an I told you so out of this. So, mm-hmm. oh well. What, do you have a fancy fancy cup over there? I have my... Oh, <clears throat> your R-Point. Mm. My personalized R-Point mug. Oh, yes. From Michael. I toffed on the back, which I just love. Because not only did I get a mug, Michael also got me a sweatshirt, right? I wore it all day and I went to class and that evening. And there's only 
four people in the class, including myself. So the professor and two ladies, all three of them asked me about my sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but I did this. Oh, it's a podcast I love. It's so great. You should check it out. I didn't be like, this is my podcast and I'm a nerd and wearing my own sweatshirt. So I like did a little bit of a fib and I was like, oh my God, it's so great. These people, they just like tell these stories. You should check it out. So hopefully we have four new listeners and they're going to find out that <laughs> it's me. It was and, actually your podcast. And yes, I wear my own apparel. So uh, that's great. I am. I absolutely would have said, this is my podcast. <laughs> oh my God. You should totally check it out. I thought it was more convincing to be like, <laughs> it's a podcast I found and it's really great as opposed to bragging about my own podcast. I thought it was a better chance of conversion for listeners. It's fair. It's a fair point. But I mean, um, are you drinking would, out of anything special before we move on? Boring, boring white mug, boring white mug. We, everything has to match. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it. People don't send me things like they send to you. Well, you've gotten two mugs compared to my 18. (laughs) (laughs) We still have no one who's claimed the I'm speaking or the Zoom dick mug. um, So if you'd like to share. The mystery mug. You got any texts? Any texts on the text Nothing, nothing, nothing on the thingy. Nope. All right, all right. We're just cruising along. But I'm sure the Trump campaign got some texts the other day. I bet they did. The I woke up yesterday morning and I like to just check in on what's happening on the Twitter. Okay. It's a good something might have happened overnight. Something often does happen overnight. And what I think is really fun is uh when police departments tweet. Because or yeah. like somebody will tweet out um what they hear on the scanner. It's always kind mm-hmm. of fun. Like uh, during D-Days, the USD, like the Vermilion Police Department, they'll live tweet D-Days, which I always think is pretty entertaining. We arrested a bunch of 20-year-olds. Yeah, public urination. Uh, So the Omaha Police Department was live tweeting all night the night before because there was a Trump rally. And the... It sounds like the campaign bust folks in because, you know, the Omaha airport is kind of a nightmare. It is in the middle of nowhere. It's super hard to get to. <laughs> yes. Unless yes. you're in a plane and then you leave also in the plane. Um, also, for security reasons, they have to, like, bust people in because so, his rallies are on the tarmac. Right, right, right. So from the Omaha World Herald, my article is Trump supporters left in cold for hours after Omaha rally. Biden weighs in with criticism by Aaron Sanderford and Reese Ristow. And so there were thousands of people there for this Trump rally. It's 34 degrees when the rally ends. The president and his probably staff, but it should only be campaign staff, leave. And then people are just stuck there because they claim that they couldn't get buses in because the road was one way. The cars were parked about three miles away. And um, some people offered, decided like they were just going to walk rather than wait for this bus to come back. Um, some officers gave rides to elderly and infirm people who were walking, 
one of the scanners talked about there was somebody who was so cold they couldn't move and they seemed disoriented. Um, I don't know if this was the article I read. 13 people needed medical care. I believe seven people went by ambulance. Like, what is happening? Well, happening here. This, everything about this just makes me chuckle, right? Because, of course, I don't feel, I do, but I actually don't feel bad for these horrible people that showed up to a Trump rally. Like, this, you deserve to be in hell, and hell's actually really cold, and it, like, (laughs) freezes rain on you. So, enjoy it. But it also just shows how much Trump and his campaign doesn't care about their their supporters like gives zero fucks he literally got on the plane at the airport and just left them there like it sounds like there wasn't even people from the campaign there left it wasn't no like i don't was, think so either i think every it sounds like everybody left and yes the entire advanced staff and everything because usually like advanced staff stays afterwards as well right to like pick up and move and go to the next place because advanced usually doesn't travel with the principal they're there's usually multiple right. teams, so you just immediately go to a different location and set up. So it makes no sense to me, but clearly <laughs> they did not have this plan figured out that even on a good day, if it was going to be 50-some degrees, that you just leave them on the airport tarmac for three-plus hours, let alone the fact that it's in the middle of you know late fall and it's cold. It just, again... He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about you if you're a supporter. He doesn't care about you if you're not a supporter. So again, not surprised, but I did get a good chuckle of the fact that there was, I, I, I would have loved to have like flown into the airport and just seen a bunch of crazy Trump people just standing in a corral on the tarmac freezing to death. That would have been enjoyable for me. Well, I was just thinking about, like, when you and I went to see Obama in Watertown, right? There was tons of people there. And then I was thinking about the aftermath, like, after he left, and we were like, oh, my God, so exciting, best day ever. Uh, And then if it was dark and 31 degrees and we had to walk three miles, like, the – I just feel like, A, it's going to ruin your experience if you were really excited to go to the rally. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, soured. And, it and also, like-, like, grandma and grandpa are out there trying to walk three miles to their car. And let me tell you, I'm one of those people who can never find my car. There's no fucking way I would have found it with uh, thousands of other people in the dark. Well, I can tell you, I mean, you th- that would have just never been an event that any of the Obama campaign or, or I or yeah. you would have ever planned, right? That you would have no. people in the middle of the dark where it's 30 degrees and you leave and you know that their cars are three plus miles away and like that there wasn't a plan for that, right? Like you just, that just wouldn't have happened. And I, and from the sounds of it, I even think some people would have been fine with, with walking three miles to get back to their car if that was the intention, right? If you told me that Obama was coming and they were, because again, they'd be up front, be like, okay, you have to be here. You can only park here. And this is like, here's your only options, right? You have to walk from your car to here. And then when you leave, it sounds like they told everybody that there was going to be buses taking them back. I think that's the yes, other part of it. Yes, that was the plan. It, w- it was not meant to yeah, so strand I think everyone there. They were, if the assumption was like, okay, now when it's done, like you have to find your own way back to your car. That's one thing. 
but it very much sounds like they <laughs> told everybody that there was going to be like 40 buses that were going to take everybody back home. And yeah, they just, the campaign made statements like, oh, there's just so many people and, oh, you know, unfortunately, buses just can't float back to where they need to be. And there was just, you know, traffic. I just don't understand, like, even with that, because, of course, Biden came out and was like, even Biden felt bad for the poor Trump supporters that were stranded on the thing. And he's like, that that shouldn't be what's happened. And I feel bad for people. And he left his own supporters out in the rain and the freezing rain and whatnot. But even if clearly the Trump campaign can't fix this, why don't you come out with a better statement that is just like two sentences that is like, we made a mistake. We're really sorry. We're going to make sure this doesn't happen in the future. End of story. As opposed to like, we no, had just so can't. many people. I know they, they can't. They are incapable of saying that they did anything wrong, even though it was very. Yes. Um, <clears throat> again, just reeks of desperation obvious. and poor planning. And I love everything about it. So. Well, and one of the some things of that was interesting. That their, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just like, why? When you look at states that are included in the last minute push generally nebraska is not one of those states well it's because he's losing that second congressional district and they desperately oh. know that they need even one electoral vote to i mean he's in desperation mode yeah yeah joe biden's in mm -hmm. texas and georgia trying to win states that we haven't won since well georgia i think 94 was or 96 was maybe the last 92 time. 92 was last bill time. clinton was the last time um so they're clearly on <laughs> clearly on defense and Biden's on offense. My only last hope for this is because of course these Trump people probably didn't early vote or vote absentee mail because you know it's fraudulent and Trump, their fearless leader, said no. So I pray that these people who stood outside in in the cold and hopefully lost like a foot or at least a couple toes, <laughs> hopefully they can't walk to the polls on Tuesday and they don't get to cast their ballot for crazy pants. That's my hope. That's the saving grace is that they lost some toes and they no longer can vote. Well, maybe this was their plan all along. This was their practice run because on election day, you're going to be standing outside for hours. <laughs> yes. And so this was just conditioning his supporters <laughs> to be like, all right, get ready. Um, that's funny. Something else that we all have to be conditioned for, and I mean, maybe Shonda Rhimes and Ellen Pompeo are, are working in cahoots with the Trump campaign to, again, condition us. But there was an article in page six, um, which I love, titled, Ellen Pompeo says Grey's Anatomy could end this year by Nikki Gostin. Dun, dun, oh, dun. I, 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 what? What? So, Ellen Pompeo, who has played, you know, Meredith Grey since 2005, said that we don't really know when the show is really ending yet, um, but the truth is, this year could be it, is what she said to me. And she goes, I don't take this decision lightly. We employ a lot of people, and we have a huge platform, and I'm very grateful for it, Um you know, I'm just weighing out creatively what we can do. Because, of course, now Alan Pompeo is an executive producer of the show. Um, 
really seems to be kind of one of the major showrunners because I think Shonda has stepped away from actually being involved in day-to-day. She's not like a head writer or anything on it anymore. Sure. Um, so, <sighs> Carmen, this is a lot. I've watched this show for 17 seasons. <laughs> I've watched hospitals explode. I've watched her drown, be resuscitated. There's been a bomb inside a person. There have been people that have a pole that go through them that they like hang out together. Uh, what? So now all of a sudden they're just going to rip Grey's Anatomy away from us as well? This is a oh, lot. It does seem like they've had a lot of storylines. Although I did hear that they were going to try and tackle coronavirus this year or this season. Yeah, I mean, part of me was just like, is it because filming and everything is so difficult this year and there's like a a money loss? So like maybe this is just the perfect time to just be like, pull the plug on it. Um, I don't know. There's just, it's just been really, really scary. Well, I, I really am going to be thinking about you in this troubling time. I, because I know how much. You love Grey's Anatomy. Well, I do. Well, I mean, and Grey's, don't act like you didn't get on the bandwagon for a short period of time. But after you bullied me for years, yes, I did watch. I well, totally binged. Like The, the bullying first... usually works. It it does. It's, it's, a, like, it's, it's pretty it's good, effective. It's good bullying. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like now, I haven't watched. I don't think I watched last season. Um. Because I rarely watch like television online, so I have to binge it now because I don't sit there and watch ABC at eight o'clock at night, which I used to do all of the time. So now I have to like catch up, obviously. But knowing that it is going to end potentially, like, are they just trying to say, like, hey Zach, it's because you aren't watching us dedi- you're not dedicated anymore. So I, I guess, guess that's it. We can't have nice things because you've shown us no loyalty. And I kind of feel like Ellen Pompeo like shot a shot to like like a warning shot. Like get your shit together, Carol. Where otherwise I'll just take I'll just take this away from you. Well, so. it could also be because we did a negative Shonda Rhymes piece recently. Well, Shonda. <laughs> that also could be it. That also that also could be it. Um for everybody who is listening, who is still a devoted Grace fan, the season 17 premiere is on November 12th. So we have a few times to like get dates to get caught up. And I, I don't know what we need to sell, send Ellen Pompeo to, to plead with her not to take this away from us. But we need to figure that out. We got a couple of days to figure that out. So with that being said, I need more coffee. All right. Well, you know... How you do entertainment. Yes, yes. As, as our entertainment reporter. Mm-hmm. And I'm sports. You are a sports reporter, yes. Yes. So I, it's been a while since we've talked about sports. Well, sports are kind of boring lately. It's a good point. Solid. <laughs> but I found this great article on ESPN that I have been really excited to talk to you about. Okay. Fill me in. All right. It is called The Grandmaster Diet. How to Lose Weight While Barely Moving. I, I'm so sorry to this reporter for not practicing your name ahead of time. 
Ashwara Kumar. That's what I would have went with. So, obviously, <laughs> I was drawn to the title because I barely move these days. I have a <laughs> butt print on my couch, and uh, I plan on moving even less now that it's cold. So I was like, tell me your secrets, chess people. Well, and we have a wedding to prepare for. So, like, oh. this is a, <laughs> like a great... A great opportunity. So tell me what the sport said. Okay. So it's these Grandmaster Chess Champions. And for a while, they talk about how they're, like, preparing for their um, chess tournaments. Okay. They're jogging. They're um, – I know. I know. Um, that was a twist that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> Five mile run, an hour of tennis, a half an hour of basketball, and at least an hour of swimming. Okay, do they tell us that all of those parts are are needed to do? Well, this is because hold on, this is it's okay. a lead up. Okay, so, it was scary, scary. So you're thinking like, is this an article about soccer players? No, <laughs> this person who's doing this jam packed athletic schedule is an American grandmaster in chess. He is number two in the world. And his training partner is a Romanian grandmaster. And they're doing all of this for the physical demands of chess. And the article goes on to say, it seems absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. But I kept reading because now I'm hooked. Okay. In uh, 1984, the World Chess Championship was called off after five months and 48 games because the defending champion had lost 22 pounds and what? looked like death in 2004 the winner walked away from a six-game world championship having lost 17 pounds what and in october 2008 there's a company that tracks heart rates they monitor chess players during a tournament and found this 21 year old russian grandmaster had burned 560 calories in two hours of sitting and playing chess or roughly what Roger Federer would burn in a single hour of tennis. Whoa. So bizarre. So then they talk about um, studying stress because a lot of this is stress related. Mm -hmm. And I was like, again, I'm barely moving and very stressed. <laughs> this should work for me. A chess player can burn up to 6,000 calories a day while playing in a tournament, which is three times what an average person consumes in a day. And that's based on breathing rates, blood pressure, muscle contractions. Um, and they talk about the stress responses to chess are on par with what elite athletes experience. Wow. So it all combines to produce an average weight loss of two pounds a day or about 10 to 12 pounds over the course of a 10-day tournament in which each grandmaster might play five or six times. And they talk about how off-putting it is for you as a person, even though you're expecting it. Like, so the guy that we were talking about in the beginning, his base weight is 135 and then he'll drop to like 120 during a single tournament. I, first off... I haven't been 135 pounds in a very, very long time. So even his base weight annoys me. It's, it's just 
bonkers. And so in addition to losing weight during the tournament, they also eat less during the tournament because, you know, they're not thinking about food. They're thinking about chess. Also, stress leads to altered and disturbed sleep patterns, which can cause more fatigue, which can lead more to weight loss, which uh, that's not what I've, I've always heard that good sleep is for weight loss and less sleep is not because that makes you want to eat carbs. Always um, want to eat carbs. <laughs> but it's just so, so bonkers. Like the article, it's pretty long. And every time I scrolled, I found something new and amazing. Like, so in 2017, the the athlete, the grandmaster that we're talking about, Carlson, he was number one in the world for four years, but he was winning most tournaments, but like he wasn't, his energy wasn't right. And the younger people were catching up with him and his games were taking longer. And so he goes to the Olympic training center in Norway, because why wouldn't you? And the advice that they got from the performance specialist was cut back on orange juice that you drink during the tournaments. Because it's all sugar? Well, yeah, mostly. Um, And it was leading to sugar crashes. And so instead, they suggested a mixture of chocolate milk and plain milk, which has less sugar, but also calcium, potassium, and protein. And... Like, so that was the beginning of his makeover. And since then, he now trains for chess with his, the treadmill and the yoga and the soccer and skiing. And he hired a personal chef. So just, even, even if all we're going to do is sit there, we still have to train. We still have to, like, run and do shit. Like, this is just not fair. Yeah. Like it just that's, that's why it's the headline fair. was really deceptive and I felt very cheated. Yeah. Because I was like, how to lose us- weight by sitting there? And I was like, awesome. But no. But actually, you have to like you have to do run. a lot. You have to do yeah. a lot. Like that's not that's not right. It's not I mean, I guess I do get because I am one of those people in like super stressful periods of my life. I lose a lot of weight. I am not a I'm not an eater when I get stressed. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess on on like simply I, it makes sense if you're in an incredibly stressful environment and all you're doing is thinking about chess the last thing you think about is eating and your body is really worked up so of course you lose weight i was not prepared for the so to prepare for that please run 15 miles <laughs> ski and be miserable like i can't even play chess now <laughs> I feel cross like another do- thing off the list that we're not going to do. <laughs> I was just going to be like, well, Carmen, for wedding time, you and I should just play chess against each other, <laughs> but we're going to eat like cheese and wine and probably yeah. Cheetos. <laughs> so, like this isn't going to work. All I right. would not be mixing chocolate milk with white milk during <laughs> our chess championships. No, we would be making white Russians with that milk. What are we talking about? Yeah. So with yes, whole cream, like this is... Yeah, nothing but the best for us. Okay, well let's let's look for another wedding diet. Yeah, we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna table move, this one. <laughs> we're gonna move past this one, um, which which sounds great. <laughs> I do want to follow up on an uh, article that we talked about earlier, which when we touched on the fact that the majority of our pointers agreed with me that winter is better than all the other seasons. I do not think and, that is what happened. And so if <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast. 
So I, I can say what I want. Um, I I have the mute button on you and I will push it. Uh, so the Huffington Post did a story titled, Don't Apologize for Your Obsession with Fall. It's Science by Allison Fox. And so I, this is a short little article, but again, it, it, it talked about the science behind everybody loving fall. Majority of people always say that fall is like one of their favorite seasons and yada, yada, yada. And so basically they said, don't apologize for your love of everything. Again, it's psychology. And they go on to talk about a lot of the psychology behind it. And she's, she's, she quotes somebody that says, we're conditioned from a very early age that autumn comes with all of these really fun, exciting things. As children, when, when we come to associate fall with going back to school, new school supplies, seeing friends, um, for most people, it's incredibly exciting. And we still respond in this pattern um, that we've, we experienced for like 18 years of our, our childhood. So it's like kind of conditioned into us. Um, and so I thought that makes a lot of sense. That I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's the same reason that I enjoy winter, right? And I enjoy the winter component that is basically the holidays, like mm-hmm. through my birthday, right? So end of January on, don't really care. But <laughs> November through the middle of January, best time in the whole wide world. And, you know, it talks about huge behavioral motivators. Um, you know, again, it's like, oh, I get to make really great soups and we get to save money for shopping and doing all these fun things. Um, and in like the summer, you spend all of your money, right? You're not like, you're not saving your money. You're just out there doing things. So you just feel more cash strapped and um, again, it talks about the holidays and all of these things. So basically the reason that we all love fall is based is science. And because we have been bred from little teeny children to enjoy the joys of, of, of fall and a new start. It also talks about that we kind of associate fall and all the things of like all the things are dying and we just kind of know that there's this new fresh start that's about to happen, right? You get to buy your new planners, you get to prepare for the new year, um, you get to cozy up and kind of go into like a little bit of a hibernation mode um, and you get to come out some beautiful little butterfly. Um, so I don't know, I just thought it was really interesting when we when you talk about the psychology behind all of this, right? The, how excited everybody gets for pumpkin spiced things and pumpkin pie and Halloween. It just kind of, we've been materialistically taught for this taught to, to love, to love fall, but science it's a thing. So if you love fall and winter, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. I was just thinking about the people who love fall the other day. Okay. And the reason I I totally understand the going back to school, new school supplies, friends, like the beginning of the school year. Like I understand all of that and I that makes sense. But what I hate about fall is fall is essentially winter. Because we're supposed to be in fall right now, and it snowed, and we hit record cold. That it was the high the other day was colder than what the average temperature would be in mid January. 
And that's what the fall people, they're like, oh, it's so nice out and it's finally not hot and I don't sweat and I can wear layers. No, it's fucking cold out. You have no control over the fall weather and it just slip slided us right into winter and then it was all icy and ugh. That's what I say about fall people, that you're crazy because the only part of fall that you actually like is September and September is still summer. Yes. Yes, it is. So that's what I don't understand. I like straight on winter because I'm in the holidays. I don't fall yes. bypass that shit i i like things very very cold october it there's no it's worthless no i just can't i just can't i can't with the people but then again fuck it's it's 2020 shonda rhymes ellen pompeo are taking away gray's anatomy you have to fucking run to win at chest like <laughs> everything is miserable so of course fall is gonna be miserable, miserable. <laughs> god Ugh. all right any parting thoughts over there no. I do. I, I, okay. I'll, I'll, I was I'll, like, I'll get going. Started. I didn't even think I'll get one. started. We okay. are like in the final countdown. The final countdown. Um, of election. The election is like, what? I don't know, four days away, five days away? Like, well, the election ends in. Five sure. days. Sure. We're still in the, the, the big day is still coming. Um, first off, there's been over like 75 million people who have already voted on like early voted. Great job. Several which, of our pointers have already voted. Great job. Which is amazing. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Governor Tim Walls, who I enjoy in Minnesota. He did that. They did this like great little video um, with like the last four governors. So, um, it was Tim Walls and Mark Dayton, both Democrats. Then Tim Pawlenty showed back up with like long hair, which I was not prepared for. <laughs> and um, Jesse Ventura, who's still as crazy as ever. And they did a great little like PSA on the importance of voting and how Minnesota has, you know, like the highest voter engagement in the country. And Tim Pawlenty, the Republican, talked about like our elections are safe and please get out there and vote and that it might take some time for the ballots to be counted, but that just means that our system is working. And so to be patient and then they all put masks on and like walked away from the camera. Anyways, it was a cute little video and, and I, and I gratefully enjoyed it. So again, we're in the final days of the election. So if you haven't voted, go vote. It's getting a little late to mail in your ballot, so please go drop that off your, yourself at one of the, the Dropbox locations or, or take it down to the county auditor. Um, but yeah, exciting. So I talked to someone the other night, and I don't think she listens to our podcast, but oh no, um, she was saying that uh, she hates Trump the most, but she also hates Joe Biden, and oh. she thinks that he is old and doesn't know anything and screws up all the time and um she is thinking about either not voting for president or throwing her vote away on a third party vote did you punch her in the face actually i i probably lost several stress pounds trying to be nice to her and i was like well, we had just gone around um recently and had a discussion about our our values and um, she and I share a value of access to healthcare. Mm. And I was like, I, 
if you are being honest about that being your value, then there is only one option for president. Like if, if that's truly what you think and she was and then so we went and talked about how some people vote straight party and i um, actually told her i'm like you're a party person i'm an issue person so it really kind of depends on how you want to um look at you know your voting uh i suggest going candidate by candidate if you think to yourself well i you know i like some of these tenants on the republican party and i like these tenants on the democratic party and i was like then you have to look at every candidate and she's like well all politicians lie and i was like all people lie <laughs> and then if you elect somebody and then they didn't do what they said they were going to do then you don't vote for them next time like it's it's not that hard it's not that hard, but I was like, you're being lazy because you don't want to look up each candidate. Like you've just decided you don't like Joe Biden. You haven't apparently done any research on what his plans do. And I was like, you have a kid. So what does the education look like? Also, you say that you're more um, in tune with the Republicans and guns, but what does that mean? Like your kid's going to go to school and that's where the school shooters are. So maybe <laughs> you're going to look at some of the common sense gun legislation that Biden and Kamala are proposing to make sure that your kid is safe at school. Also, let's talk about the Affordable Care Act. And maybe, you know, in South Dakota, we never expanded Medicaid. And again, if you're talking about access to health care, who is the candidate that's going to get you there? And I know for damn sure you've not done any research on the third party candidate. I don't even know who it is this year. Joe something? It's a lady. Yeah, but I think it's a lady named Joe. Yeah. In my head, it's still Jill Stein because fuck that bitch. Fuck anyway, that bitch. Uh, you don't know anything about her. And then what I didn't get to because it was late and we stopped talking was, okay, as a nice white lady in South Dakota, you really have no issues voting. So maybe think to yourself, are there other people who have issues voting? Like maybe people of color, maybe anyone on the American Indian in our state? Like maybe if you're gonna throw your vote away anyway, maybe you should donate your vote for those people. I feel like this person has zero redeeming qualities and I want her to be on a tarmac in, in the freezing cold and I want her to lose, I'm going to go four toes. I want her to lose four toes. I am over this person and she no longer deserves to walk to the ballot box. Well, and then I was like, is this an undecided voter? Am I talking to an undecided voter? Because I did not think that they truly <laughs> yes. existed. Yes, they apparently exist and they are clearly also dumb and so i just i, I don't like I, said, I don't I was, understand the understanding voters like what the fuck is there to really think about right now what have you have you actually been living under a rock for well that but that's the thing like she really doesn't she really thinks trump is reprehensible and i was like okay now we're on the same page but to her her options now are vote for biden don't vote at all or vote third party and vote not voting at all and voting third party i don't consider them options so when i think about undecided voters that don't like you're just wasting your vote like don't it, but don't I, waste it what it I makes don't me understand so sad in that, in that statement is trump is 
reprehensible and she's never going to vote for him. But how does Joe Biden get looped into that category? It makes no sense to me. Like the same people that then go on to say like he like gets confused when he talks. I want to be like, you, you, you see that Donald Trump like actually can't put a sentence together, right? Like he. Well, and that's the thing. And I'm like, are you watching the th- third party candidate? Have you watched a bunch of videos with her? I'm like, no. And that's what really I had to stop myself because shaming doesn't work, whatever. But I was like, you're being lazy. You're being a lazy person because you would rather vote for the third party candidate who you know nothing about because you don't like Joe Biden, even though you don't actually know anything about him either. So it's funny. So I had a conversation with probably an undecided voter as well. And they were saying that, again, they don't know anything about Joe Biden, right? And they don't hear anything and yada, yada, yada. And the campaign needs to do better jobs of all this stuff. And I finally stopped the conversation and was like, Joe Biden has been a senator for 40 years. He has been the vice president for eight or 39 years, vice president for eight years. Whose fault is it that you don't know anything about him? Like there is tons of stuff. So like, was Joe Biden supposed to sit you down and go through his rap sheet? Because I'm pretty sure his stances on things, his votes on things are they're public knowledge. They like, there are tons of articles written about it. So it is not Joe Biden's fault that you are a lazy piece of shit and haven't done your research. It, so it just like is mind blowing to me. And like, we don't know what he stands for. It's like, <laughs> whose fault is that? He's vice president. He's been a senator forever. He's not hiding from you. He's not like this, this, we have this weird thing called the internet. You can like look things up now. You don't even have to go to the library to like look through old newspaper reels. Like you're just garbage people. You're garbage humans. Well, and that's what I was so surprised about because I felt like, because I I consider myself a value-based voter. Like I look at um, Joe's record on Violence Against Women Act or like, what are my boxes? Climate, uh, healthcare slash reproductive healthcare. And I don't know. I have another box. I'm too upset. I can't think of it right now. My other box, my only box right now is a functioning adult who doesn't make friends with dictators. So that would be, that would be another one of them. It's it's a really easy box to check. There's only one that fits that mold right now. So, and so when you're talking about, I had this conversation about Hillary uh, and you know, like, Oh, I just don't like her, but I can't put my finger on it. It's because you're a fucking misogynist. (laughs) Um, but I was like, okay, you have, this is a separate person, you have like four or five kids. So, and a couple of them are daughters. So let's think about education. Like you got a lot of public education that you're working on. You have a lot of college education coming up. Like who's going to be the candidate that is going to serve your family better on education? Who's going to be the candidate who's going to serve your family better on whatever career that your daughter wants? your daughter's bodily autonomy like can you think about things i don't know that's not about you well this this weird like affinity that you can only vote for people that you actually love is mind-blowing to me right because that's the thing like i don't i don't like hillary clinton well that's fine there's a lot of people in this world that i don't like either but you, you have two choices and they have policy positions and either some of those policy positions you agree with or they're going to make your life better or, or they're not. 
it isn't very, you don't have to like your politicians. You, you don't have to like it. There are members of my family that sometimes you don't like and <laughs> you have to like still show up together. So like, these are your choices. You do not have to like them. And hey, lazy people on the sidelines, if you don't like your politicians and you think that we have no good chances or choices, then you have to run, run yourself. Run yourself, you little jackass, because then tell me what it's like to be them. They're regular people. You want politicians to be regular people, then get off the couch and put your money where your mouth is. Because guess what? Not a lot of people are going to like you either. So in conclusion, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad rant. that we got all the way around because this is my parting thought. Voting isn't marriage. It is public transport. You're not waiting for the one who's absolutely perfect. You're getting on the bus. And if there isn't one that is going to your destination, you don't not travel. You don't stand at the bus stop and bitch about how no one is getting you to where you're going. You're going to take the one that gets you closest to your destination. That's what we're talking about here, folks. Love it. Somebody posted this on Twitter right after Elizabeth Warren got out of the race. And I was like, this is true stranger on twitter we got to get on the bus and we got to get so, as close to the bus stop as we possibly can get on the bus all right well i'll talk to you on election day oh my god we can I do know. it we can Hang do it y'all this okay. is where we're gonna lose weight here's here comes this <laughs> here's the stress weight here's the stress here we weight. go all right bye bye Thank you for listening to Our Point. To stay up to date and for links of the articles that we discussed in this podcast, join us on Facebook and Twitter at Our Point Podcast. If you have articles that you would like us to discuss, feel free to tag us on Facebook or Twitter, or you can also email us at ourpointpodcast at gmail.com.